This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. Welcome to Lady Talk Radio. Here's to another episode of Real Conversations About Real Life, and we will, as always, keep it real. I started this show to initiate conversations that we aren't always having and get real about some of the everyday challenges that we face in life as women to provide insights and empowering solutions and to introduce you to some of the incredible people in the world that are also here to support you and really are making things happen in the world. So um, as always, my name is Stacey Ray and I am always, always, always your host and love hearing from you guys about what you've been enjoying about the past episodes. Um, Feel free to continue to send me those notes. I love hearing what you get out of these and just what sparks up for you. So if you have any specific questions or like topics that you want me to cover or people you want to see on the show, um, feel free to continue to reach out to me with those. I love it. And girl, if you are making things happen in your life or you want to, but you find yourself overwhelmed or stressed by the workload, I've created a very special audio series for you called the Hustle Happier and Healthier Audio Guide. So you can get your little booty over to weareladyalpha.com and get yourself subscribed so that you get that audio guide in your inbox. So for today's show, it's going to be a little different, and I am actually extremely excited about it. This is episode number 15, and for the first time in Lady Talk history, we are having a man on the show. I feel like I should have like a lightning bolt sound effect right now. I think I actually do. Hold on. Let's see what I got. Bam. (laughs) First time we are having a man on the show, and I'm so excited. Our topic is going to be sex and intimacy, and our guest is Ryan Thomas. And I really love the work that he's doing. I actually, um, we got connected on Facebook through a mutual friend, and I was really intrigued by some of the work that they're doing and, and just really their stand in the world for creating more conversations and more honest in looks into actually what's going on with people in terms of intimacy and, and living an intimate lifestyle. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Ryan before we get started. Ryan Thomas, uh, he actually left an 11 year career as an army captain. I'm going to ask him about that uh, because he believed that in order to create change in the world, he had to become the change he wanted to see. So despite his initial efforts to join the special forces, he realized that upon selecting Election, he would have been fighting the wrong enemy. So powerful. So after years of terrible relationships, empty sex, sexual dysfunction, and misplaced hatred, he realized where his efforts needed to be placed. The enemy lay within. And so he actually just went right in. He went into years of growth. Uh, Ryan transformed his relationships from painful to liberating and his sexual confidence soared. He now does all kinds of incredible work and teaches men and apparently women now as well how to become better lovers, skyrocket sexual confidence and increase passion in their relationships. And he's got an incredible podcast called The Modern Sex Talks. Super cool. Um, They have tons of episodes. We'll ask him about that. And they've got like articles, events, courses, and all kinds of resources at his website, The Intimate Lifestyle. So we're going to go in today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that really affect us as women and how we can really relate and understand our partners more and just some of the different things that go on in the the whole exploration of sex and intimacy in our lives with our partners. So I am super excited about this show and it also just feels like such a huge topic. So I'm excited to dive in this, uh, in this whole realm with you guys today. So again, if you have any questions or comments or you want to reach out to Ryan, obviously you can still It'll all be in the post below, all his contact and everything as well. And feel free to send your questions, girl. So let's get Ryan here on. Hey, Ryan. Hi, Stacy. What's going on? Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. 
Yeah, I'm excited. So the first guy. This I is know. No pressure. <laughs> did you like the lightning bolt? Did you hear that? <laughs> I, I did. I did. Yeah. It Very just felt masculine. so appropriate. It. It, it did. It felt so appropriate. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, why don't we get started by you sharing a little bit about like, you know, what goes on behind the scenes of your life and, and how did you get into this? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I get asked that question a lot and, and every time I get asked that question, I have to think, how am I going to answer this question? I should just write it down on a little card and then just give it to people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And just <laughs> practice it and rehearse it. Um, <clears throat> behind the scenes of my life, uh, well, I guess currently I've, I've got a passion for doing deep inner work and figuring out what it really means to be a man and and, uh, and basically looking inside myself for any obstacles that are getting in my way, be that in relationships, business, money, sex, whatever it is. Uh, and my background, yeah, you said it. I was in the military for 11 years. I left the military as a captain and yeah, like, uh, like you had mentioned in the bio, I had applied to join the special forces because I wanted to fight and make the world a better place. And right before hell week started and I basically, it's a, it's a seven week selection. I got food poisoning. I got, I got salmonella poisoning actually. Wow. Yeah, so if if anyone's had that before, it's not a pleasant experience. So that happened the day before Hell Week started. Me being the kind of guy that I am, I said, "Fuck it, I'm going to do this anyways." And I started. It said it was a seven day selection. I made it to day three, and then my my knees were giving out on a on a morning run. I uh, couldn't eat properly, couldn't drink enough water, and my body just started to shut down, and, and they, they removed me from selection. And at first, I was like, ah, man, this is I'm really upset about this. And I was trying to decide if I still, if I wanted to reapply. And every time I went to reapply, I would stop myself, and I couldn't figure out why. I wasn't sure what was going on. 99% of me wanted to go, but there was this one part, this 1% part of me that was that didn't really want to go. And that's when I realized that I would have to become, if I did join the special forces, I would have to become the very thing that I was fighting against. So instead of fighting fire with fire, I needed to fight fire with water. You know, I didn't need, I needed to become the very thing that I was fighting for. And yeah, uh, that, that sort of all came in, in a phase of my life where I was dealing with a lot of hatred towards women and I was going through certain sexual challenges. Uh, at that particular time, it was premature ejaculation. And my relationships were ending very poorly. And, uh, and so I kind of had to do some inner work to transform my relationships and my sex life. And once I did all that, then I realized that it was time for me to build this business and, uh, and make the world, <laughs> basically make the world a better place. I, love I feel, it. yeah, I feel like kind of a Mr. Universe moment. I want world peace. <laughs> I love it, Ryan. That's so cool. <laughs> and thanks for sharing your story. I mean, I think it's so powerful to see the, the, you know, the byproduct, the after work of you creating this growth in your life and exploring some of these different realms for yourself. Because obviously you being able to now show up after you never hear about guys coming from the military and then turning out to, to talk about intimacy and sex and, and relationships and all this stuff later. I mean, that's pretty remarkable transformation. And 
um, clearly, you know, you getting to, to share this on, on such a large scale now and talk about this so openly is really remarkable. And I'm sure you're changing a lot of people's lives in the process. So thanks for doing the work. So cool. No problem. Mm-hmm. So sex and intimacy. And I know that some of the listeners are super curious about, you know, when we are relating to our male partners, um, you know, how to kind of navigate this and talk about it. And so where do you want to start when we, uh, where do you want to start talking about sex and intimacy? Oh my God. (laughs) It's a huge topic. (laughs) Where do I want to start? Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, the one thing is often guys, when we're dealing with certain challenges or issues, we'll respond with our with sadness and weakness, with anger. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really allowed to be weak. Men are told to, you know, not be a bitch, man up, toughen up, don't be weak, don't show any vulnerability. So the only emotions that we're really allowed to express are anger and horniness. Those are the only emotions we're allowed to express. I've even had some guys come and tell me, uh, there was this one particular client, he came and said, you know, my my ex-girlfriend and I, like, we really, I, you know, I, I wanted to be having sex, and but and I felt like a bad boyfriend because I just didn't want to have sex. And so he was, he had it ingrained in him that he had to have a high sex drive in order to be a man, even though he didn't have a high sex drive. That's just, that's normal. And so because we're only allowed to feel anger and horniness, if we're feeling vulnerable in a relationship, we'll either pull away or we'll, if we're faced with it, we'll respond with anger. So a lot of times when we're getting angry, it's because we're feeling slighted, uh, we're feeling abandoned, we're feeling hurt, we're feeling disrespected, we're feeling uh, unappreciated on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. Women, on the other hand, women aren't allowed to be angry. So that's why oftentimes when women are feeling angry, they'll actually cry. So their default motion is more sadness. Mm-hmm. And that's where a disconnect can come up in, in relationships. As guys will think, why is she crying right now? What What's mm-hmm. she so sad about? No, she's actually just really fucking pissed. Right. I love that. Thanks for distinguishing that. That's really powerful. Because I think that that's kind of like the the number one confusion too that I've been noticing a lot between men and women is that we all just kind of think we're the same, but we're really different. You know, we're literally hardwired differently. And to to navigate like successful relationships with our partners, we need to remember that. <laughs> um, so so that's actually I, I never really thought of that before. Anger, anger and horniness as being the like the, the two really predominant things for men. That's interesting. Um, so what would you say like to some of the listeners that are, you know, maybe experiencing some different confusion or different things going on in their intimate lives? Um, what are some of the things that women need to know when, um, when communicating with their partners? Uh, definitely be, be direct. I actually just did an episode. It's being posted up later this week that, um, on an evolutionary, I'll use a bit of a, a metaphor and some and some science here that uh, back in our hunter-gatherer days, women were more the the foragers. So they would be out in the fields, they'd be foraging for other berries, fruits, plants, and things like that that we needed to eat. So in order to to best do that, they needed to have a good peripheral vision. Also, you know, there's children running around, things like that. They need to know where the danger is. On uh, for men. However, men need the laser-like focus because uh, if I'm 
out hunting the saber-toothed tiger. And I get distracted by a really pretty flower. Oh, look at that one. Oh, look, it's a butterfly. Um, then, well, then the saber-toothed tiger eats me. So yes, <laughs> we can't die. be distracted. Then we <laughs> yeah. die. Exactly. So we're very good with very direct focus, not so much peripherals. Uh, there's also a book that I'm reading right now. I, oh, God, The King Within, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And apparently in women, uh, the corpus callosum, which is the film in between the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of the brain, is thicker in women than it is in men, which means that mm-hmm. women have a uh, better ability to see a larger picture uh, than men do. But for men, men have um, a better ability to be more uh, more focused in one particular area. Give me totally. one second here. Just being interviewed right now. I love it. Real it's, conversations it's about just, real life. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, my my roommate's just walking in the door right now. So, um, yeah. So the uh, the the thing is is that uh, women will often will hint at certain things that they want done yeah. or certain problems that they've got, and it's because. They don't necessarily want to be a bother and they're told not to hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that, right? But men don't think like that. We've got that la- that laser-like focus. We don't notice those things on the peripheries. We don't notice those hints. We need to be spoken to in a direct fashion. Even if it is very uncomfortable sometimes, we would much prefer that discomfort of direct communication than the discomfort that comes with long-term confusion right. and disconnect with our partner. Right, You've just made a really powerful point, you know, I think that, um, and it can feel a little confronting, I think, to hear this at first, like, and and you saying like, oh, women are like this, men are like this, but like just biologically, and this has been talked about multiple times in very scientific ways, like you just mentioned with the brain, everything. I mean, there is very distinctive differences in how we communicate and how we relate with each other. And it's so powerful. Like, um, I was at, uh, I think it was Kelsey Grant's workshop not too long ago. Do you know her? I do. Yeah, yeah, she was one of my guests on my show. One of the first episodes. Oh, I, I think it. she was actually episode 15. Lo- <laughs> the- Coincidental? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I planned that, just so you know. Um, no, she. I was at a workshop of hers recently, and we were talking about that that really distinct differences. Like when women come home from like a you know a really great day, and they want to tell every single detail about their day to their partner. And, you know, and then the, um, you know, their, their boyfriend or their, their husband or whoever turns around and goes, you know, oh, my day was good. But because we relate all of, you know, telling you all about our day as being like an act of trust and being like, let me tell you every single detail about what I was wearing and who I saw. And then when the man turns around and goes, yeah, it was good. We think that they don't trust us based on just that little response. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, why isn't he telling me everything about his day? Because he's being so generous and to the point and just giving us the the specific fact of my day was great. (laughs) You know? Um, So yeah, it's a very distinctive difference. And I think it can be really powerful especially when we talk about intimacy because sometimes we can think that if a man isn't telling us his deepest darkest feelings that maybe he doesn't love us or care about us or trust us right no oftentimes men well i mean it's also our our love languages you know sometimes men aren't very good with communicating but they'll do lots of other things they they'll do little actions or spend more time than they would than they normally would but they don't know how to express it they don't know how to say it there's also an interesting thing i'm not sure if on your show you've uh dove into the masculine feminine uh archetypes have you a little bit, yeah, in different conversations, but we haven't really gone directly there. We've, it's come up in quite a few conversations, obviously, because it's such a, a big piece, but please share. 
please talk uh, about. Yeah, so basically the, the feminine. So we all have masculine and feminine inside of us. And generally speaking, men are more masculine and generally speaking, women are more feminine. And so the feminine is about life and fullness and experience. The masculine is about death. Um, it's about uh, zero tension. It's about release, uh, emptiness, basically. So feminine is full, masculine is empty. And so if we look at sex, for example, this is why women can really enjoy um, sex, but not necessarily climax, because it's about the experience. You can go to kissing, to foreplay, to penetration, to foreplay, to penetration, to kissing, to cuddling, back to penetrative sex. And that is an amazing experience for a woman. It's very cyclical. It's circular. It's, it's about the experience itself. Mm -hmm. But for men, kissing leads to foreplay, which leads to sex, which leads to ejaculation and orgasm, which leads to a release of tension and back to emptiness. Uh, so that's how that's a difference between the masculine and feminine when it comes to sex and when it comes to communicating as well and, and, and connecting. Oftentimes men are just looking to sort of zone out <clears throat> because that's how the masculine uh, re reboots basically by feeling nothing, feeling zero tension. That's why guys will sit down and watch a TV and, or watch the TV and just completely zone out. They're not distracted by anything else going on. But for women, they need that fullness. They need to relive those experiences and just talk them out. And that's how they vent and that's how they reboot. And that's why women will want to talk about their day, talk about everything else that's going on. Just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, <laughs> <laughs> which is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But when a man is definitely trying to think, I just I can't deal with this right now. It's just too much stimulation and too many things going on. And he basically needs to find a meditative place to zone out and feel nothing. Men actually have a box where he feels nothing and it is a beautiful place. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so what would you say, like, you know, for those of us that are navigating that, obviously, and, <laughs> and wanting to really like honor our masculine partners, like, you know, and being like, okay, how, now that we know this, how do we sort of navigate, you know, being in that everyday relationship with a man? Yeah, I, you know, I think that really comes down to the relationship itself. I mean, I think if some guys are working in a factory and they're just completely exhausted when they come home, then it might be better for the, if it's a heteronormative or type relationship, then have the, you know, then the girlfriend should give him some space so he can just zone out and not talk to anyone or do anything for a half an hour or an hour when he gets somewhere or however long he needs. And then he'll be able to re-engage and actually listen to you and give you 100% of his attention. Otherwise, he's going to try to give you his attention, but it's really going to be, he's, it's going to be distracted. He's only going to be giving you half of his attention. And naturally, that's going to make her feel like she's not being listened to or not being loved or, or respected. And it's not because he doesn't want to be there. It's that he literally can't because he's he just needs to zone out for a while mm -hmm. and find nothing. Or... If he, if the, if the guy can give her a hundred percent of his attention when he gets home, then maybe that would be better is that she gets a chance to talk about her day and talk about the frustrations or the successes or whatever and connect with him for an hour or two hours. And then he can go and zone out and go into his man cave or go and yeah. <laughs> uh, do whatever it is that he wants to do to recenter himself. Like so I think that's just a tigers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's actually another way that guys will find that that zone. You know, it's that centered focus. 
that we get. You know, if it's playing a video game or if it's, uh, you know, if it's tinkering, whatever it is, it's if, if a guy starts getting too much into that into that zone, then he's then that could be a bit of an addictive behavior. So there need there needs to be a balance for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. OK, cool points. Love it. Um, and for women who are like, OK, they're like, OK, intimacy, what does that really mean? Because I think it kind of can mean different things for different people. What is your take on intimacy and and how that relates in like relationships? What is my take on intimacy? Yeah, like in a romantic relationship. Oh, I know it's a big question. You can. Handle it's it. a very big question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, I, I, I think that really comes down to each individual. Um, I mean, if if you haven't mentioned it before, there is the book, The Five Love Languages. Yeah. And every person feels love and experience love, experiences love and expresses love differently. And so the five different love languages are words of affirmation, um, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and gifts. And so if you feel most loved and cared for, when you receive gifts, then you're naturally going to buy your partner a lot of gifts because that's how you receive love. So you naturally think we this is our default mode of, of experiencing the world in the same way that we experience it. So I, I feel love when I receive gifts, so I'm going to express love, which happens to be giving gifts. Mm-hmm. But if his, um, if his love language is words of affirmation, then he's going to not feel like he's being loved. And so I think um, intimacy in a relationship is being able to have the conversations that we need to to first understand what each other's love language is. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's basically one step towards towards intimacy. I think I think that's more. Yeah, I think I went down a bit of a different path. Intimacy is is the ability to have conversations and actually connect on a deeper level with your partner. Mm, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that because I think that sometimes we get caught up in this sort of like, you know, we're going to do these, these specific intimacy exercises or we're going to do these things. This creates intimacy, but we're not really addressing like what works for us or what matters for us or how we truly can feel the most loved and how our partner feels the most loved. So I love that you went there. Like, obviously it's different for everybody. So that communication is huge. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I ended up going down one route of how to be, you know, how to, uh, create love in a relationship but that's not even necessarily intimacy mm-hmm. there was a girl that i was seeing two years ago and she had said that she was dating her boyfriend um <coughs> pardon me i'm just getting over a cold <clears throat> i know what that's like i hear you cough it up <laughs> and she had said that the uh, the guy that she was seeing they they were seeing each other for about two years but they didn't really know each other they had love for each other, but they didn't really know each other. It wasn't very deep. And so I think intimacy can – intimacy is, is I think, a measurement of how deep you're willing to go with someone. Mm, and cool. you can deepen your intimacy by getting to know each other on a very deep level and trusting each other with, with your heart. So for her, she said that we we really got to know each other and she felt very intimate with me because of how deep we were getting with one another. Um, She had expressed certain fears, certain insecurities. Um, She'd cried around me, which is something that she hadn't really done with her previous boyfriend 
So I guess intimacy on that in that definition is how willing were we how willing we are to allow our partners to see our darker selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got that. That's cool. I like that you kind of went both directions with that too. We got a little bit of, of both. That's awesome. Um, what do you, how do you think that like intimacy and, and sex are so obviously we know they're related, but how they are so deeply related and how we can, um, you know, explore both of those avenues for ourselves and our romantic relationships to, to create more fulfillment and more rewarding experiences with our partners. What's with me and all these big questions today? Jeez. <laughs> I'll tone it down, Ryan. So. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what you're, I'm not quite sure what you're, you're asking. I don't really know which direction to go. Could you ask it in maybe a different way? Totally. I can. Um, well, I guess what I'm pointing to is like, you know, we've kind of been conditioned that like sex can be, especially as women, you know, like that we have to show up a specific way in sex or that sex looks this way or, um, you know, kind of given all these examples and I'm sure men have the exact same realities when it comes to, you know, how we should perform in sex or what sex should feel like. Um, but I'm actually more so curious about like how to create more intimacy with our partners and have more pleasurable experiences sexually that are really, um, what we want to have versus what we think we should be experiencing. Does that kind of make more sense? It does. It does. And there's just so many different directions. I was going to start to go in a different direction based on the first question that you, (laughs) the first way that you would ask that. Um, So I'll give, I'll give sort of both directions. So I'll start with what I had initially interpreted. Cool. Um, or partially interpreted because I asked you to, re- to restate the question. It's the full uh, moon. It's the full moon. We know that's what's going on. <laughs> you know. You know what? I don't normally believe in that sort of thing, but I'm going to use that as a scapegoat right now. I'm cool. going to. I'm going to use that as my excuse for for maybe not not being the sharpest. The so in Taoist philosophy, uh, Taoism says that women need to connect to their heart first feeling connected to their partner before they can truly feel sexually aroused and be ready to be penetrated by their partner. So they need to connect to their hearts first before they can connect to their life center, which is their their sexual center. Mm-hmm. Men, on the other hand, connect to their hearts through their life center, their life-giving center. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that if a man is not necessarily having any sex – he's going to feel not as connected to his partner. He may still love her very much, but he may not feel connected to her. And if she is not feeling connected on a heart level, she's not going to want to give him sex because she's not feeling connected. And this is this is a vicious cycle that can show up because she doesn't want to give sex because she doesn't feel connected. He doesn't want to give her any time or show any love because he doesn't feel connected because he's not getting any sex. And so basically one person ends up having to not give in because it's not giving in. It's giving into the relationship. Uh, otherwise, the, you know, the relationship starts to wither and die. And it's because both people aren't willing to take that first step. Mm. Cool. So that was the first direction that I was going to go with regards to sex and how it relates to intimacy. Mm-hmm. And again, intimacy is willing to be vulnerable in taking that first step, uh, even though your your needs may not necessarily be met at that particular time, being able to take that first step and be vulnerable to help uh, feed into the relationship. Um, 
so that's the first direction that I was going to go. And with regards to what sex should look like, men, we can normally pick up when a woman is is faking it or isn't really in it. And that usually makes us feel like um, it makes us feel unattractive, uh, undesired, really. Makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it really hurts if we find out that our partner has been faking orgasms. Yeah. And but it's it more hurts because like, well, why didn't you just tell me? And so I think that this comes down to being open to communicating with your partner that you need to or that you really want to explore your sexuality and explore your body. Um, a lot of us look to porn and look to pardon my language, but bullshit magazines and bullshit media to tell us what sex is supposed to look like. Hollywood sex is, is a bunch of bull crap as well. So we look to these sorts of things to tell us, oh, this is what sex is supposed to be like, so that's what I need to do. And the more people actually start to embrace that, hmm, I wonder what sex would be like if I were to follow this little peak of interest that I have in this realm. Or explore in these different uh, in these different ways of expressing myself sexually. The more someone is willing to do that, the more they're able to find these different types of of sexual expressions. I'm saying expression a lot here, <laughs> and and recognize that the narrative that they've been given doesn't actually fit who they are. So there's two things that have to two things that have to happen. We have to recognize that whatever narrative that we have around sex is it probably isn't right for us and that's completely fine. So that's the first thing that we have to do and then the second thing that we have to do is be willing to explore other avenues and and other ways of being sexual. And then I guess there's a third part here as well is being open to explaining that to your partner and asking directly, being very open and honest and being very vulnerable by saying, hey, this is something that I would like to try. This is something that I would like to do. Are you willing to do that with me? Mm-hmm. Because I feel maybe stifled in my sexuality or that I haven't had the opportunity to really explore. And, uh, and I, you know, on, the, on the side of masturbation or sexual pleasure for women – Women are told not to masturbate. Women are are shamed around their sexuality, which is, ugh, God, it's so frustrating. And as a result, women don't masturbate, which means that they're not necessarily going to know what feels good. So they'll rely on men to make them feel good. And so if a guy doesn't make them feel good, they assume that he's a bad lover. If a guy does make her feel good in the bedroom, then he's a good lover. When in actual fact, those guys were just doing things that worked for other partners and it happens to either work or not work for her. But really what's going on is she's disconnected with her own sexuality and her own sexual pleasure. So it's up to her to start masturbating and start uh, playing with herself and exploring her own pleasure so that she can understand what's going on in her body and properly explain that to her partner. And then at that point, she'll be able to ask for what it is that she needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you went there too about, um, I just want to kind of backpedal for a second too about like the faking orgasms and then being able to actually communicate and work with your partner. 
um, you know, in that, in that very, you know, vulnerable can feel way. Um, because I've had a lot of conversations with women and this was something that I personally went through too, where there was like a lot of shame and vulnerability and, and, um, just a lot of disconnect in, in sex and being able to explain some of these things. And so, um, how would you, I know we were kind of talking about this a little bit before, so I know you, I know you got some insights here. Like, um, what are some of the, the points about like talking to your partner, about wanting to experience more pleasure or wanting to try out different things and without like while being very sensitive and understanding of like um of how they're feeling and how they might take some of these things like to be really gentle with the 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 man in our life that um we don't want him to think that we haven't been necessarily enjoying ourselves or like how would you kind of um share to navigate that as a woman speaking to a man Absolutely. Yeah, it comes down to taking ownership over your own experience. Mm-hmm. If if blame is being made or by saying, I don't have any pleasure when I'm having sex with you, um, or you don't give me any pleasure or you don't make me orgasm or come, that's making a comment about his character. And that's going to get his guard up and he's going to feel like less of a man. It's going to his ego is going to hurt because he wants to be a good partner and he wants to be a good lover. That's something that should be appreciated and, and admired in a man. <clears throat> so the best way to do it is by saying, hey, I need to be honest with you. I have been lying about my orgasms, if this is the case, in this particular example of, mm-hmm. say, lying or faking orgasms. To say something along the lines of, I've been lying about orgasms. I haven't actually been having orgasms as much or ever with you, and I need to, ex- to tell you Why? And it's because I haven't really connected with my sexuality and I don't know what's going on. A lot of my friends have orgasms and for some reason I can't seem to experience them. I want you to have a good time because I care about you. So I've faked it, but I have a hard time experiencing orgasm and I really need your help because I really need to, I really want to get this part of my life, you know, sorted and I want to feel more pleasure and I want to do this with you and so I really need your help mm-hmm. and what that's doing is that's calling him to actually step in and be more of a leader um, if he has a hard time understanding that then he, he his ego might be a little bit hurt because he thinks that there's something that's wrong with him and so it's just really important to take ownership over your your own experience and also let him have his 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 moment. Don't judge him. If he starts getting upset, don't judge him. Um, just allow him to have his emotions and he should eventually come back around if he ends up having uh, an adverse effect, which he probably won't, especially if you if you say it in a way that you're just taking ownership over your own experience and asking for his help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're basically saying – I want to have more sex and experiment <laughs> too. So I think, I think most men would be okay with that, right? Um, most men, yes. Yeah. What, and I'm actually really curious about your take on this because um, this is something that I've been really doing with my partner is like setting aside like literally like date nights where it's, it is about that time together um, to create more of that intimacy and just have more space because something that I know um, a lot of the women that I work with are very busy. They're like, go, go, go. And I know a lot of our listener base is similar, right? We're, we're hustling. We're out there making things happen in our lives. And sometimes that um, the, the times to have true sexual experiences with our partner 
um, can kind of feel rushed or they're like at the end of the day, everybody's tired, <laughs> you know, like it's not necessarily something that we're like really creating a lot of space for. Um, what do you think about that? Like sex dates, date nights, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's, I think it's great. I think it is. If you want to have good sex, you need to prioritize that. If you're out and you're doing all these other things, you're doing those things because you're placing a priority on them. So if you want to feel closer to your partner um, and you want your partner to stay and feel close to you, then you need to be willing to make a little bit of a sacrifice and prioritize that sexual connection. Mm-hmm. Relationships require sac- uh, require sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying in some In some way or shape or form. Yeah. And really being both feet in like that. Yeah, I hear that for sure. Um, we had gone to the the Taboo Sex Show, um, I guess it was about a couple months ago or something. And I was really surprised, actually. And I, I don't know if this is just, I guess, my conditioning or something. But um, there were so many, like, really conservative people there. <laughs> and then there was this mix of people that were, you know, in barely any clothing or, like, super high fetish kind of wear stuff. And um, there was just a really high spectrum of uh, different levels of people in there and everything. And um, I just found it so fascinating and, and really cool to see such a sex positive environment with so many people being open to just really exploring more. And uh, what is kind of your take on like um, some of the different things out there and different ways that people can experiment with their sexuality and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff as well? How important do you think that is or do you think that it's it's like a personal experience? Do I think it's healthy to express yourself sexually? Yeah, and to explore some of the the different things out there, whether that's um, fetish, toys, whatever that might be. I say go for it, 100%. A lot of people are worried that, oh my God, what are people going to think? You know, fuck it. I mean, you're doing that for yourself. Um, I mean, it's your body. Do what you want to do with your body. I mean, that's it's it's your own sexual expression. If someone doesn't like it, then they can go and do it on their own or they can do whatever. It says nothing about your character. It's just your sexual desires. And I think it's entirely healthy where I personally draw the line from some of the things that I've seen and heard. I mean, some guys have a fetish um, or have this kink of wanting to be ultimately emasculated by a woman, which is basically having his penis cut off by a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is um, some guys just like the idea of it. So they'll call someone and they'll talk about it as though it's going to happen, but it doesn't actually it doesn't actually happen. Or having a knife sort of dangled above it. Whoa. Yeah. Too and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I, I, I personally draw the line when there's going to be actual physical harm that is irreversible. And that's where I think that there could be certain um, psychological uh, traumas that have been that someone has gone through and they're finding a way to achieve some form of power out of it um, through their through their particular kink. And I think that at some point there's going to be some some there needs to be some form of therapy to help a person heal from that particular trauma. Um but generally speaking, those those types of kinks are few and far between. Yeah, most of the time, <laughs> yeah, most of the time it's very healthy. Some people like golden showers. Some people are like poo. You know, they're called pooies apparently. Wow, that's pretty yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And generally speaking, if you have a particular kink or fetish, someone else is going to have the same thing. So if you're looking for someone to express that with you, you simply need to be open and honest about it, and you'll be able to find people who share that. Mm-hmm. It's just that more most people are just really scared about it. They're 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 too afraid, and then they go a life they go through a life without ever having experienced it. So that's basically it. Yeah. If someone is going to judge you for your sexual expression, they are missing the entire point of life. You know, you how I make other people feel and how I impact the world. That's based on my character and that's who I am, not how I choose to feel pleasure in my body. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if anybody likes the poo thing and I judged you there by having my intense comment, I apologize because this is my <laughs> own experience. Hey, um, you're allowed to have your experience. You're allowed to say <laughs> ew. It's a little it's a little outside of my realm. But yeah, I, think, I mean, whatever, whatever works for you. I think that's really cool to have a more empowered approach about it, though. Um why do you think that it is that we are so uh, scared to explore some of these different sexual fantasies or where we want to go with our sexuality? Why do you think there is so much fear and shame around that? Uh, you know, I, I guess this is going to be my own personal opinion, uh, that I believe it's the Judeo-Christian values that our society has been based upon. Hmm. There is a lot of guilt in our sexuality. And yeah. there can be a lot of... On a more conspiratorial note, there you can control the masses through fear and guilt and shame. You can control people better that way. And uh, and I, I truly believe that a lot of enlightenment can come through sexuality. Not necessarily, you know, blind sexuality, but you can have true intense connections with other people through healthy expressions of sex. Mm-hmm. And, um, that doesn't that just doesn't really benefit anyone. Or it doesn't benefit the those who are controlling us, be it the church or right. you know, they, they wanna yeah, they wanna keep people relatively in control. Mm-hmm. Um that's I'm... the Sorry, go ahead. Uh yeah, which is more on a conspiratorial note. But uh I yeah, my opinion is that it's based on our Judeo Christian values. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I definitely see the conditioning aspects of it for sure. And I I think that's also why I think the work that you're doing is really, really powerful. And I love seeing more and more people starting to talk about sex, starting to talk about all these different levels of this. Uh, It's really incredible to see more people being open about it. Really powerful. Um, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about um, just your experience with like um, pre-ejaculation and stuff like that, or different sorts of things that go on for some men during sex, because I think that this is a really huge topic as women. We want to know how to really show up for our partner and and be really caring and understanding and supportive. Like, what would you say to us if we are dealing with anything like that in our relationships or our partners are are maybe coming up against something like that sexually? How can we show up for them better and be more understanding? Because we want to make it about us. (laughs) Like, sometimes (laughs) we want to make it about us. So what what insights do you have for us ladies um, when interacting with our our partners? Yeah, the um, – right before I answer that, you mentioned we want to make it about us. We all do that. When we're Mm -hmm. children, when we're babies, the entire world revolves around us. And then sort of like the biggest trauma that we have is realizing, oh, things don't really revolve around us and we have to become these independent individuals. So when we're, you know, a child and something happens to us because the world revolves around us and it literally does when we're when we're extremely young, 
so when something bad happens to us, we think that it's our fault. So we naturally embody that, right? And then we'll carry that into adulthood. So if something bad happens to us, we think that it's because we are bad or that it's our fault. And it's really not the case, especially when it comes to certain sexual challenges. Now, on some level, some guys might have a hard time getting hard if they're feeling very disconnected from you. Uh, so if there's a lot of anger or stress in the relationship, they may want to not give you sex because they're very angry with you. Um, but generally speaking, uh, or uh, or if there's a lot of stress in the relationship, a guy may experience premature ejaculation because he he's like, oh, you know what, fuck you. I'm going to get what I want out of this, but I'm not going to give you anything. So I'm going to finish quick. And he's not doing this consciously. It's more on an unconscious level. Mm-hmm. But those 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 are reasons. Um, those are symptoms of a larger issue. And generally speaking, if the relationship is on the rocks, um, there's going to be other th- signals that are showing you that you know there's a lot of stress in the relationship. So I wouldn't look to sex and say that there's something wrong about his sexuality. It's that there's something else that's going on in the relationship. And those are. That's one angle. The other is that generally speaking, if a guy is dealing with a certain sexual challenge, be it performance anxiety, erectile dysfunction, or premature ejaculation, it's because of something else that's going on in his life. A man's sexuality is um, a symptom of something else. If he's got a healthy sexuality, it's because he's got a healthy sec- uh, a healthy life, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, if he, on the sense of uh, premature ejaculation... If he's, if he's dealing with that, it could be that he's anxious. <clears throat> he wants to make you feel really good. And he's worried, oh, my God, if I don't, then she's not going to like me. And then he finishes really quick because he puts all this pressure on himself. Or maybe he's intimidated and he feels like he doesn't deserve you. And then he feels nervous. And then he ejaculates because oh, I don't really deserve to be having sex with you. So I'm just going to finish really quickly and go away. Okay. Uh, it could be that he's... Um, just lost, uh, it could actually be that he's gotten more in touch with his sexuality and he's starting to feel even more pleasure than before and he doesn't really know how to, how to feel it without reacting to it in, in ejaculation. <coughs> That's powerful. So, yeah. yeah, so premature ejaculation, there are several things that could be going on so each individual situation is different because mm-hmm. it based it's based on the guy. That being said, no guy wants to finish quickly. And any guy who does finish quickly, he knows, oh, fuck, I'm a one-minute man. That means I'm not a very good man. I'm less of a man. I'm a loser. And that's going to result in, in more of it, which is this weird catch-22. It's a, it's a little feedback loop. Right. So the yeah. best thing that a woman can do uh, if he's experienced, if he's dealing with premature ejaculation is just reassure him that she just simply wants to connect with him and that whatever it is that he needs, she's willing to give it to him to build and work on his endurance. Um, and it is, oh, it's completely fine to ask for your man to go down on you or to finger you or to use toys. That's entirely acceptable. 
And that might make him feel a bit more guilty, but that's also the work that he has to do as an individual. You can't necessarily carry that. You can be, show compassion and say, hey, I understand. I still love you. I still care for you. I still want to have sex with you. And I am willing to support you to, so we can learn how you can experience more pleasure and, and last longer so we can have even more sex and even better sex. I, like, I'm really excited about this. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we can use these other, to- these other toys and these other outlets so I can experience more pleasure. And if he feels really guilty, like there's only so much you can do. Up until that point, that's about as much as you can do. And he, he has to be willing to face it himself. And if he's unwilling to face that himself, then uh, it's, it, it's really up to you to decide if you're willing to wait it out until such time that he does look at it or if you want to stick around and continue to have a sex life that isn't as fulfilling. So that's, that's completely up to you as a woman. Uh, with regards to erectile dysfunction, if a guy's having a hard time getting hard, basically if he's soft in the bedroom, it means that he's soft in life. So there's something that's going on with him. He could feel a lack of direction in life. He could feel lost, you know, maybe he lost his job. So he's feeling very lost and he's feeling very soft. He has no direction. So he might lose it. If there's stress, like a death in the family, if he's diabetic, <clears throat> if he's been going through, if he's been going through health, cha- uh, health challenges, um, if he's going through a breakup, if there's financial difficulties, uh, or any sort of hormonal change as well. Maybe he's just getting a little bit older and he actually needs to pay a bit more attention to his health and his fitness. So these are all reasons why um, a man might not get a, uh, get a hard on. And the last could be that he's dealing with performance anxiety and he's afraid of ejaculating too quickly so he won't get hard and he'll just avoid sex altogether. Or he's worried about what you'll think about him. There's all these different things that could be going on. So again, that is very much a, an individual thing. So if it's a mental thing, what a woman can do is just help him get out of his head and get into his body and just help him relax and feel comfortable. And eventually he will get hard. Maybe he has to do one particular thing to get himself really aroused. When I've dealt with ED in the past, erectile dysfunction, ED, uh, I've had my partner lay on her stomach and I started rubbing myself on her ass. And then I got hard and then I was hard for the rest of the session. I was good to go. Um... So that's one thing that you can do. Don't judge him for it. Don't mm-hmm. be upset. Nothing like that. You can cuddle. You can ask him to go down on you or finger you. These are these are different things that you can uh, that you can do. If it's more health oriented, then he has to look into his health and what el- what else is going on in his life. So, mm-hmm. love it. And either way, it's like great communication, being supportive, being there for your partner, being invested in him being able to show up and know that you're there for him. Love it. Exactly. There is a signal so you can here's a here's sort of a loose signal, but generally it's it's pretty solid. If he wakes up and he has an erection or he can get an erection and he can masturbate, but he doesn't get hard around you, it could be an emotional thing or a mental thing that's holding him back. 
if he has a hard time getting an erection at all or he wakes up and never has an erection, then that's more of a health thing and he needs to take a look more at what's going on in his life or in the relation uh, – yeah, what's, what's going on in his life and in, in his health. Got it. Cool. Yeah, good distinction. like that. Um, this, is really, this is really powerful. I mean a lot of people aren't talking about this, so I'm really happy that we got to have this conversation on, on Lady Talk <laughs> and have a real conversation about it. It's really cool. Uh, what did we what did we not cover that you maybe wanted to to shed some light on or or talk about when it comes to men's sex and intimacy? Oh, I don't know. There's so much. Um, no, it's a huge, <laughs> huge topic. It really, really is. It really is. Um, especially that last answer that I gave you was kind of a long one. So I think I'll probably just leave it there. Why don't you, um, I know that you guys are doing a lot of work over at the Intimate Lifestyle. So tell us a little bit more about what you are up to and, and uh, what we can expect to see more of from you in the next coming months. Sure. Yeah. So Modern Sex Talks is the podcast that I host and we have uh, various guests, uh, professionals and experts in the fields of sex, intimacy and relationships. <coughs> And on Wednesdays is my own content. So Wednesdays is my own content and Thursdays is our featured interview. And we have a little segment of previous interviews on on Tuesdays. It's just like a little extra thing that I've got. And The Intimate Lifestyle is essentially a personal growth company that's centered around sexuality. So the source of our happiness really is ourselves. If we can look inside of ourselves, that's where we're going to find the most amount of fulfillment in in life and in our relationships as well. And sex is a fantastic vehicle to help people face the shame and confusion that we have in our lives. There's a lot of shame and insecurity that surrounds sex, so it's a perfect vehicle to do that. So that's what the Intimate Lifestyle is about. We've got free articles, blogs, the podcast, things like that. And then we also have a resources page where we have access to books, products, courses, events um, that all help people build on their sexuality, their sexual pleasure, their their intimacy, their personal growth, things like that. And that page I'm still still developing. It actually takes a lot of work to 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 build that up. I've got a whole Heck bunch yeah. of these products. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got all the products and everything in the podcasts based on the guests and now I'm trying now I'm collating it all and putting it into the resources page. So currently we've got three products in the uh, in the resources section and there's going to be a shit ton more going up in the next coming in the next coming weeks. Awesome. Um and there's one product that I just put out that is actually getting a lot of attention from women. I'd say about half of the the buyers have been women, and it's because they want to watch it with their partners. Mm-hmm. And that is A Man's Guide to Female Orgasm. And basically what that is is an hour and a half long video where I give a demonstration on a woman uh, of a full body massage and a, a pussy massage that ends with a clitoral orgasm and a G-spot orgasm. And I explain the different erogenous zones, the various blockages that women will have when they're trying to reach orgasm, why women won't have them, and what guys can do and what their partners can do um, to experience more pleasure and experience orgasm. And then there's a 100-page ebook that comes in that product that goes over even more details, diagrams, descriptions, um, for everything that you can do to enhance sexual pleasure and orgasm. And that's that product. Awesome. Yeah. This is so fantastic, Ryan. I'm so excited to hear more about what you're doing and to see more about uh, just all of the stuff that you're going to create. I mean, live demonstrations on video. I don't think the world has seen a lot of that yet. 
<laughs> no. That's really cool. And this is a huge topic. I mean, there's the few kind of people out there that I know that are talking about sexuality and talking about tapping into just greater fulfillment and and um, better sex, ultimately. Uh, they're doing fantastic and people are loving their content and loving what they're doing. So I'm sure you're getting a lot of really cool testimonials and experiences from some of the people that are tapping into your stuff. So it's really exciting work that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So as always, we will put the links to your, your stuff and your content and your, um, how to get in touch with Ryan and everything. So if you guys have any questions or something specific, or, um, I had said to Ryan actually, before we started recording that I really see this as an episode that could be so empowering to listen to with your man, you know, get your man with you. Hey, this is a podcast that, you know, I might want to listen to with you. I think there's some cool insights and stuff in here for us. Maybe, I don't know. We can, you know, it might be something that you want to navigate if it's, uh, if there's something in there for both of you. So. Um, but check out Ryan. He's got some incredible stuff and you're on your hustle, man. I can tell you got lots of good stuff going on. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And thanks for having a conversation with me today. Not a problem. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Stacey. Yeah. And to the listeners, thank you again for tuning in. And of course, like always, would love to hear from you anything that you got from this episode, uh, what you're leaving from, from this episode with and any kind of points that really stood out to you would love to hear from you. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks again.